Welcome, one and all, to episode 85 of Near Perfect Pitch. For you, that's exactly what it is. For me, it's a Sunday in a studio whilst it's absolutely gorgeous outside. And I'm hoping it's the same for you while you're listening. I think that summer is here. It isn't Canada anyway in the eastern, eastern part where I am, and I hope it is where you are as well. It changes your attitude, it changes everything. Mega show this week, boys and girls, and I'll give you an articulate breakdown henceforth. This episode is brought to you by Wally Salem, the beautiful music, a yet undisclosed biscuit, which we will find out later because Wally will be joining me live, well, pseudo live. He'll be pitching up here in about an hour and uh, we'll be doing a wonderful feature on his label, The Beautiful Music. Uh, You will learn an awful lot more. I'm not going to go on and on about it, but Wally will be joining me in about an hour. And you can also look forward to an interview with Owen from Burning Wheel. And uh, this show is also brought to you by, by Owen himself, Burning Wheel, and the Milk Chocolate Hobnob, the most popular biscuit in the Magic Biscuit Tin, by the way. Let's go over some new releases as I categorically fade out of the beautiful teenage fan club now new releases got something new by super eight and uh, it's also going to be our cover me of the week they are uh, taking care of uh, some bmx bandits uh, material new material from vinnie peculiar lovely stuff from his latest lp return of the native boyazuga has his debut uh, full length out and uh, that was released on friday and it is a beautiful beautiful record charlotte hatherley ex of ash has her new and fourth solo lp out fluffy tales from japan have their debut long player alpaca sports Ooh, andreas emailed me uh, a couple of teaser tracks and they are banging and can play one of those for you uh, before the end of the program brand new album by grafris frontman of super fairy animals Peel session uh, this week, our weekly peel is being jewelry and brand new stuff by Lindsay Jordan, aka Snail Mail. Her first full length was released this week as well. Going to be hearing something off that record. And lastly, in a new release, uh, new release capacity rather, Ellie Ockleston from Liverpool, with one of her two tracks released to date. We'll be hearing a lot of music from uh, the beautiful music, the label, the, by virtue of Wally popping by with a stack of CDs. And uh, you also got three brand new tracks to look forward to, all off the Remembrance Songs LP by Burning Wheel. You can hear three songs at the end of the programme surrounding the interview. Usual features, obligatory for art into web time. I've already mentioned Cover Me, and uh, we've got our hat trick forthcoming, and uh, Essential Wax this week being Mole Historical Society. Whew, suitably out of breath. You should be uh, suitably jacked up as well, waiting for the next three hours or so. Kick things off this week with the Wirrells' fantastic Hooten Tennis Club.
That's The Marvellous, The Blue Tones. And that really is their first single from 1995. It came out on a uh, blue vinyl uh, seven-inch single and has since been released on CD single and reissued in, in 1996. It appears on their first LP, Learning to Fly, which came out uh, on uh, superior quality recordings uh, the same year. Now, I always thought when I first heard the single, uh, they're being touted quite uh, heavily on, uh, well, in the music press, and I always thought, if you listen to it again, it could well have been a Stone Roses single. Imagine if the Stone Roses had recorded this particular tune and Ian Brown was on vocals, no disrespect whatsoever to Mark Morris, who's uh, a wonderful lyricist and vocalist. I think it would have, uh, it would have leapt into, uh, into pop music, indie uh, hyperspace. That's just my opinion. And before that, kicking off the programme, Sit Like Ravi by Hooten Tennis Club from their second and latest Fan Dabby Doozy LP, Big Box of Chocolates uh, from 2016. They are now on Heavenly Records. Two songs in. Let's get Cover Me sorted, shall we? Real early in the programme. I did touch upon it earlier uh, in the beginning that uh, we'll be playing a, a cover version of a BMX, a Bandits track, and that is exactly what I'm doing. Uh, an outfit called Super 8 who are rather, rather tasty. Uh, Trip8.bandcamp.com is where you can uh, find all the material by Super 8, a.k.a. Paul Ryan or a.k.a. Trip, all capitalised. Now, this is off uh, the new and second LP entitled Turn Around Or. This uh, single, the original version of the BMX Bandits version, was released in 1992, then re-released in 94, both on Creation Records. And I urge you, to go to the Bandcamp page that I've just uh, regurgitated, trip8, trip number eight.bandcamp.com, uh, because you really must get your hands on this wonderful four track EP, which you can download gratis from uh, Super 8. The benevolent Paul Ryan has offered it for nothing. And it's called, and you can tell everybody this is four songs, and it's a four track Elton John covers EP, and it is fan flipping tastic. Right, that set you up quite nicely. Now, here's the song Serious Drugs. Trouble with me, I can't give in. You see, the trouble with me, I can't give in. You see, the trouble with me, I can't give in. 
Manson's Attack of the Grey Lantern is 21 years old and uh, celebrating this 21st anniversary was the re-released, remastered version of the LP this week. So I thought I'd play you a strip of Vicar uh, off off the record and uh, it's a good little reminder. It's 21 years have gone past very, very quickly. Uh, Paul Draper now has a very, very tidy solo career. Played his, uh, some of his material in the past, of course. Just as a reminder, to join the dots for you. Paul Draper, ex of Manson, is still going strong. But this is the 21st uh, anniversary, sorry, uh, release of their first ever LP. Their first of uh, four. Their second LP was called Six. Their third LP was called Little Kicks. And they rounded things off after about uh, seven years of uh, being Manson. They, they rounded things off in 2004 with, with kleptomania, uh, spelled with a K in this instance. Before that, Serious Drugs, Super 8. So that's Paul Ryan. And uh, that is off the second LP, which you can get for yourself at Trip8. That's trip8.bandcamp.com. The LP concerned is Turn Around Or. Did ask Paul to be on the programme. He's not keen, doesn't want to, uh, doesn't want the limelight, but uh, I'll keep working on him. And we've had a bit of a fun banter back and forth this week. And uh, I think I think you'd benefit from having him on the programme because he's a, a very, very funny chap. Anyway, right, that's four songs in. Next up, new material by the wonderful Boy Azuga fronted by the super talented Davey Newington. The brand new LP on Heavenly Records is out and uh, make sure you go to boyazuga.co.uk that's boy A-Z-O-O-G-A.co.uk to keep uh, abreast of everything that Davey Newington and uh, the band are up to. Right you are, here's Face Behind Her Cigarette. <laughs> Thank you. 
with their seventh single from 1988 on Avalantic Records. That's the Rose of Avalanche with The World Is Ours. And before that, we heard something off the brand new Boy Azuga LP called One Two Kung Fu. This is the super talented Davey Newington. Uh, they're on Heavenly Records, our Boy Azuga. You can go and visit them at boyazuga.co.uk. And the song that we heard was Face Behind Her Cigarette. Coming up in a few seconds, we've got something brand new from her fourth solo LP. We've got uh, some brand new material by Charlotte Hatherley. Uh, since leaving Ash in 2006, she has now recorded four solo LPs, and this is the latest and greatest entitled True Love. We're going to hear a song called L.A. Stormy. Go to charlottehatherley.com, and that's Hatherley with a E-R-L-E-Y. She's also a touring instrumentalist uh, for Brian Ferry, Katie Tunstall, Bat for Lashes, and Birdie, no less. Here's the track I've been talking about, L.A. Stormy. Come 
Brighton's brilliant Electrolane. And that is their debut single from 2000 on Let's Rock Records. That's film music. And before we heard film music, we heard some new material by Charlotte Hatherley off her new LP, True Love. And that's an album track called L.A. Stormy, charlottehatherley.com. And uh, if you want to know more about Electrolane, they are defunct. I had Wikipedia that and Discogs that if you want to find out more about Electrolane. Next up, well, I was very excited that there's a new uh, Vinnie Peculiar record out that was released just a few days ago. The LP is entitled Return of the Native. Uh, Vinnie uh, Peculiar's pseudonym, real name, Alan Wilkes. This, I believe, is his seventh LP, and here's a track called A Girl from Bromsgrove Town. I love the girl from Bromsgrove Town Still think about her now And all the times passed between us The lives we had and how I never really told her then That she truly was the one But no soon as I'd She was gone Well I stayed with her At weekends And we fooled around All night Something deep Inside me Told me Things were not quite right So I turned up To surprise her But the first thing That I saw was a holding hands and kissing with the girl next door. She was kissing the girl next door. Well, I never said much about it. I tried hard to pretend. And we started going out, yeah. But just the three of us, she had no idea.
I'll just take a walk.
from 1999. That is Gay Dad off their debut LP Leisure Noise on London Records, an LP track entitled My Son Mystic. Gay Dad were fronted by Cliff Jones, X Mojo and uh, Face Music Journo, incidentally. And um, what did we do before that? Oh yeah, we heard the Vinnie Peculiar track, didn't we? A Girl from Bromsgrove Town. What a lovely track that is. That's from the, uh, the new return of the native LP. And I believe, as I've mentioned before, this is his seventh LP, VinnyPeculiar.com. That's V-I-N-N-Y Peculiar.com and VinnyPeculiar, rather, .bandcamp.com to keep in tune with all things Vinny and Alan Wilkes. Ten songs in, about a third of the way musically through the programme, but you've got lots to look forward to, including the Peel Session track, which is just around the corner. In addition to that, rather, um, I've got uh, Wally's going to be uh, rocking up here pretty soon to uh, talk an awful lot about his label, The Beautiful Music, and has curated five tracks that he's going to share with you, which I'm uh, very excited about. Uh, I'm not even going to even touch upon it. I'm going to leave that all to him. We've also got an interview with uh, the quite wonderful Owen from Burning Wheel at the end of the programme with three songs from his debut and uh, his first solo works after all these years that he's been in the industry. We've still got the obligatory full art track uh, to get to as well. We've got a hat trick to contend with as we have our essential wax this week, which is Colin McIntyre, a.k.a. Mull Historical Society. It's time for our Peel Session Track of the Week. Ian Jury. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. 
not even star-crossed. That's Glasgow's Telstar Ponies with their second single from 1995 on Fire Records. And before that, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll, Ian Jury. Ian Jury and the Blockheads appeal session that he recorded uh, end of November, November the 30th, 1977. Originally released as a single on Stiff Records a few months earlier in August of 1977. Off to Japan now, uh, a new album, brand new album, brand new full-length debut record by Fluffy Tales. Here's the lead track to the new record called uh, The First Light. The single, well, the song I'm going to play, rather, is The Wild Ducks on the River. Fluffy Tales, sweatnerrecords.bandcamp.com. So that's F-L-U-F-F-Y-T-A-I-L-S-W-E-A-T-N-U-R-E-C-O-R-D-S.bandcamp.com. Right, The Wild Ducks on the River.
Let's rock and records, rock the record, rock and records, the guys rock records. our obligatory full R track out of the way for this week. That is, of course, New Big Prince from their 10th LP entitled I'm Curious Orange, which I have in my hot little hands uh, on Beggar's Banquet. That was released, and I think this is actually the original version I bought way back then. I had a load of stuff stolen, but this one is in sufficiently creased condition. I think it's the original one that I actually bought when it came out. And before we heard our obligatory full R track this week, we heard something uh, from Japan's Fluffy Tales, brand new stuff from their WLP called The First Light, and you can get your hands on that at Fluffy Tales. 
And here's the crazy part, W-E-A-T-N-U-R. So it's wheatnerrecords.bandcamp.com. Or, alternatively, go to Bandcamp and just key in Fluffy Tales. And if there are two of them, make sure you go to the ones that are from Japan. And that was the Wild Ducks on the River. I think that uh, takes our uh, the award for... Uh, song title of the week quite handily uh, next up there's brand new material from Gruff Reese X frontman of Fairy Animals uh, Grufford uh, Meredod Bowen Reese is his uh, full full name he's got his fifth solo record out and here's a track off it called Drones in the City <laughs> So differently to those in the city And once it calls my name I'll never see your face again With all those drums in the city Future matters in the tags ready Watch all those Drums in the city Remember rosy times of near infinity And when it takes my name I know that life won't be the same It's just those drums in the country But so differently to those in the city Drones in the city Fuzzy listening in the golden century And once it takes me out There's no element of doubt It's just us
Well, that's the brand new release, or one of the brand new releases from the brand spanking fifth solo LP by Gruff Reese, Drones in the City, we've heard right there. And uh, while I was playing that, Wally just rocked up to the studio uh, with a little bag of CDs. And it's not normal that I do this, because uh, if you're a regular listener, which of course you should be, um, I usually have the interviews, as I do this week with, uh, with Owen, at the end of the programme, surrounded by a selection of songs, and uh, that is the norm. However, being that uh, Wally resides in uh, the same town that I live in, uh, I thought, let's have him on the programme. And we've been threatening to do this for a long time, haven't we, Wally? Yes, yes, it's been a while. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I, as you know, I love music and I love to have some time to share talking about music, and thank you for inviting me. Absolute pleasure. And, and Wally is one of these chaps that is... Um, I've been around the music industry for a long, long time, and uh, you meet all sorts of people. You meet you meet people who are who are yeah, the gold tooth smile promoters and A and R merchants, and then you you have the whole gamut in between meeting someone like Wally, who's just purely vocational and just just wants to uh, he just wants to share. He's got a very very similar attitude to music to me. Is that is that he gets a really excited about stuff which really resonates with me because I'm like a kid in a candy store on a weekly basis with new music. Uh, but he's, he's not just happy with that. He wants to uh, help and he wants to share and he's forever retweeting. So we, I'm going to hand over to him. Uh, and uh, while I'm doing that, I wanted to uh, ask you in the interim to just give us a little bit of a, uh, a background to, to the record label that you have crafted into this. It is world-renowned. It is boutique. And it is uh, it is consistently consistent, if that makes any sense at all. So Wally's going to give us a little, uh, a little, uh, the beautiful music 101, as it were. Yes, sure. I can give you a little bit of history, um, and it kind of even goes back way before the record label, because uh, I kind of got into music partly through CKCU, which I know you mention often because you use their uh, studios. Yeah, broadcasting from CKCU right now. God bless them. Yeah. So, and I and I guess right when I was younger, I started listening to CKCU and influenced uh, by many of the DJs that uh, used to have shows like Rock Parisian, who used to do like a kind of a punk new wave show, and Steve Kirkland, who I know you're good friends with. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, he's been on CKCU for I don't know maybe 40 years or so forever. <laughs> or forever yeah. since they began and so uh, through listening to them I got very excited with music I also had some friends uh, um, I went to school with a guy named Ian Walker who opened Shake Records hey, he wanted uh, to run Fab didn't he he ran Fab Distri- yeah. he still actually I think works with Fab Distribution out of Montreal cool. but uh, Ian got me interested into a lot of Scottish uh, guitar pop because he loved a lot of that Scottish guitar pop and I must say that some of that uh, influence still influences my taste up till today but anyway so that got us going interested in music uh, i had a few friends that got me into bowie and a few other uh bands that would come to town actually david boy was my first concert that i went to and that kind of opened your eyes to different music that was out there and then uh from there uh we started to record off of ckcu and all these programs i think i still have cassettes at home with all these shows and course uh, you always loved it when uh, announcers would announce what they were because if they didn't you'd have a question mark and what, what was that song and, you, and you'd search for it and never find it but so we got into music we started going to concerts a lot my brother and 
Hawaii. We're both huge music fans. We would, uh, in the 80s, I think we would go on an average about two to three concerts a week. So we easily saw like thousands of bands in a few years. And, and back then, Ottawa was an interesting place because a lot of bands would come here from Australia, from England, from Japan. You know, we saw bands from all over. And now I think they don't come as often to Ottawa. Once in a while, they still do, but not it's like a, they did shame. back then. Like the fall played at a small club in Ottawa back then. Yeah. You know, we saw all these uh, bands. It, it, was, it was Teardrop Explodes. Well, what happens Perry. now is they just tend to, to hop from Toronto to Montreal yeah. or from Boston to Toronto. And in some ways, I don't blame them because the Ottawa, not too many. Like we were at Trash Can Sinatra's the other week. There yeah. just wasn't that many people coming. So you feel bad for some of these bands. Well, the live music scene, unfortunately, uh, needs defibrillating in this town. But let's go on the global thing because we're about you. You're a boutique label here, but the world as it is right now, I'm, I'm performing this podcast on a weekly basis, but it's global in as much as your your uh, your label is global. Yes, and, we and look for bands from pretty well all over the world, and we've had actually bands from Norway and Japan and Germany and UK, France, Spain. It's been really cool. And what really got it started, well, I mean, even going back a little before, is I used to always make. I love to share music because like you when you hear something good you want to share it and so we'd make cassettes and pass it around and what started the beautiful music is that I made an old cassette called the beautiful music for one guy I worked with I don't know if he really appreciated that much but that kind of started uh, on this sharing the music bit so then he's I probably patently unaware that he was that he was <laughs> responsible for, for this whole thing yeah. right. and then we made beyond the beautiful music and I think I made like 17 compilations of different CDs and then we thought well the next phase is why don't we actually do it and start doing it like a label because it's almost like an unofficial label absolutely hang on a second what's that in the background an immensely feeble segue into wally uh, disclosing the url that is the beautiful music whereby you can learn an awful lot more if you're not going to tell them the URL, I'll okay. tell them. It's www.thebeautifulmusic.com. Pretty straightforward. It can't be can't be more simple. So you, you've understand the genesis almost being a, uh, just sharing music. I mean, I, I was I was that fella amongst my group of friends who was the mixtape fella, much like uh, you know the John Cusack high fidelity thing. It was it was an art form. It was something that you prided yourself on. Did take time. And uh, I turned it into a little bit of a cottage industry, to be fair. You know, you had to buy your own metal cassette. There was a, there was a fee <laughs> if you're <laughs> going you go, to yeah. if you're going to pillage my music. Anyway, so you and, can, you and I should mention before you go on is actually um, your show was also an influence because when I discovered your two pints of lager in a packet of crisp on CKCU and found somebody else that liked a lot of the <laughs> British music, I thought this was so cool. And so I I would listen to your show faithfully for many years. Bless you. Years. You were the fella. There <laughs> <laughs> was at least two. Come on. <laughs> no, I do miss I do miss live radio, but uh, yeah. this this for me is is, is is the future whereby I'm just so thrilled that I'm getting as I you know I talk to you quite regularly. You know I'm getting I'm getting tapes and demos and, and, and communiques from just about everywhere on, on God's green earth, and, and it's wonderful. And the, the music community, well, we all know you, you know the kind of artists yeah. I talk to, and yeah. it, it's just a wonderful. And you've thing. done some amazing interviews through the years. They eh? like a lot of bands that I really love, like the Jazz Butcher and the Jasmine Minks and and uh, the Boy Racer guys and Emotional Response and recently Henry Priestman. So a lot of artists yeah. who I've loved for years. And so I, and to be honest, I haven't heard all of your podcasts because you have quite a few now, but I've been going through them. <laughs> I'm about a month behind, but I'm catching up and uh, it's some fantastic stuff. So keep up the good work. Well, bless so. you. And it's a bit of a love in here because I've got a lot of respect for, for what Wally does too. And, and, and I would say that every month, 
he alone turns me on to music that I ordinarily would not have found. Uh, at least I'm, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have found. And his taste is... It's just gone viral. If, if you follow Wally on Twitter, which is, what's your handle on on Twitter? I think it's just Wally TBM. Yeah, Wally, yeah, Wally yeah. TBM. Yeah. yeah, follow follow him, and uh, at the very very least, you're going to get a musical education. Uh, at, the, at the most, you're well, going to be spending a lot of money on your records. Yeah, essentially, it's, it could be addictive. And uh, all the stuff I post pretty well. I stick to music, and it's music that I like or that I've discovered. Uh, some old and some new, similar to what you do on this program. And uh, you know, obviously, we share a bit of similar interest but I have a lot of uh, labels and bands that have gotten in touch with me that you know I guess they've heard that I, I, I enjoy sharing their music with other people and so now I keep getting more and more <laughs> which I don't mind because I love new music so it's great it's like, hey Wally here's some stuff what can you do with it type yeah. thing. I well, should charge a fee eh? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah you, need the, you need the Wally handling fee but now, I, I did like I, in my case I never as you mentioned I never did it as a, as a business venture it was something because I really love doing it and a hobby and I kind of I actually didn't want it to become a business at this point. I have a full-time job and I have a family just like you do and I have enough to do to, to, to take it to the next step. But yeah. maybe when I retire, we'll see. Who knows? Let it organically develop as it has and, and you know, whatever happens, happens. Now, yeah. now Wally's brought, he's brought five yeah, he's I curated stick these to five. three, eh? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I said, oh, here's three, but oh, no, couldn't do three. I had to do five, uh, which is not a problem because I usually am quite articulate in, in terms of telling you what you've heard. In this instance, I know the music that Wally's going to be playing because it's, it's playlisted. I have it actually typed out in front of me, but he's going to fill in the blanks with, with the detail. So tell us what, what the first track is, Wally. Well, we thought it'd be appropriate with the first track is to do the first release we ever did, and it's a song by Tremolo, and it's called... It doesn't really matter and the reason these are friends of mine that actually live here in Ottawa and uh, I went to a show with them and their support act and both bands were really good and I thought you know we as a joke said well why don't we start a label to get some other people to hear some of this great music and that evening it all started to fall together my brother said well I can get you the URL and a friend of mine who does web says I can set you up a website and these guys had the music and there you go the, the, the label started fantastic and it started with the this track.
is falling apart social icons with their claim that pop is falling apart which of course it isn't and that was preceded by tremolo with it doesn't really matter both on the beautiful music record label and i'm going to defer now to wally and he's going to talk more about what we just heard yes so we um tremolo as i mentioned was the first release it was beauty 001 on our label but then Beauty 002 was not the social icons, it was Nick Danger and the DCR. And, uh, but the interestingly is Nick Danger actually later after sort of the, the uh, uh, cease of Nick Danger and the DCR, he formed a band called the Social Icons and we heard a song, Pop is Falling Apart. That was a much later release, but I don't have time to play something from every, or, or I'd be taking over your whole show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe maybe one day we could do a special. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, no, this is great. So anyway, I just want to mention though, Nick Danger is, uh, he, his, his alter ego is also my label partner and he's the one that's uh, responsible for um, a lot of music on the label as well as the website, a lot of the artwork on, on some of the covers of the albums. And I'm eternally indebted to, uh, to him. He goes uh, by the name of Jamie as well. So uh, thanks, Jamie, for all your work. And uh, hopefully uh, um, playing your song is going out to you as a bit of a dedication. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Because I know that you work tirelessly with, with Wally. And uh, it's nice for you to get some kind of accolade anyway. And? So next, well, we're going to go to one of the things. Well, so... No, it wasn't quite the uh, the third release because uh, the third release was kind of an EP we planned to do uh, with the with the mules, which never really got off the air. And uh, we have a few demos of it out, but we never really officially released it. And after that, we did uh, um, 
a pop compilation where we kind of combined artists from all over the world, from Japan, Norway. We actually had the Loch Ness Mouse, who you've interviewed recently, uh, on there. Uh, we had uh, the Shambles. We had uh, stuff by Phil Wilson actually let us uh, use a, a, one of his solo uh, songs. And it was kind of a really cool pop compilation. And it was kind of a prelude to our starting our television personalities tribute series, which then really kind of took us to the next level because yeah. um, it was a funny thing because uh, we we just sort of started saying that we would love to do a tribute. I want, I'd always wanted to do tribute to some of the bands I'd mentioned before. I'd like to do things like uh, the Wild Swans and uh, um, even Aztec Camera, all these bands that we love. We'd love to do tributes to them, even like the Pale Fountains and Shaq. But um, we started off with Television Personality, which was a band I'd loved for many, many years. And people always go like, who? They'd never <laughs> heard of them because in <laughs> Canada, they weren't exactly uh, very popular or even heard of because they never really released, I don't think, well, anything in so they weren't exactly massive anywhere, to be no, frank. No, maybe that's true. <laughs> that's true. So maybe we tried to help put them on the map. So anyway, when we started that, it was interesting. I just We got it out to a few people and some of the people who ran fan sites. And the next thing I know, within that week, I was getting emails from literally all over the world saying, I heard you're doing a tribute. Can I contribute? <laughs> and the one that really floored us with was Nicky Sutton, who I really loved Nicky Sutton. He had played in the Swell Maps and he'd been on Creation Records. And he actually emailed us and said, I had recorded recorded a, a cover of one of Dan's songs years ago if I could write poetry and we never finished it because we couldn't get it quite right he goes would you guys be interested in releasing it if I finished it and I said of course I was like fell off my chair well, who the hell do you think you are Nikki asking yeah. me that I mean yeah. yeah so that so that really got it going and then uh, we like I said we got bands from all over we're still getting bands that want to contribute so it's it's been a wonderful uh, project I, and then I've been able to reach out to a lot of bands I led through the years and yeah. got them to reform and, and record covers for us so anyway what we're going to play is the Steinbecks who have links to Sarah Records because they used to be the Sugar Gliders and it's uh, Josh Meadows who actually does a really cool radio show down under and uh, him and his brother are in the Steinbecks and this was a song called Strangely Beautiful and one of the reasons I thought I played it is because that's also one of the inspiration for the beautiful music was the song Strangely Beautiful by the television personalities fantastic and here it is Chill out 
It's not the end of the world
over to Wally for some descriptive brilliance. Yeah, so Dot Dash, we just played Rain Clouds off their Earthquakes and Tidal Waves, which was their fifth, no, their fourth album. They did actually one more album after that, and they should have another album uh, coming out very soon. So we, Dot Dash is probably one of the most productive bands on the beautiful music. With It'll be six albums in a matter of like seven years. So they just roll in, in, in albums, yeah. and all of them are, are top-notch stuff. So... Uh, the new album has gotten back a little bit more to the jangly, melodic uh, stuff, and I think everyone will really like it. I think their last album, just before this, they got a little bit louder and a little more rocking out, but they uh, they they really uh, excel in some of the jangly stuff, so we'll look forward to that. But just a bit of history on um, Dot Dash was that Terry Banks has been involved in music for, for so many years, and... Uh, He's also a reviewer for the Big Takeover magazine, and uh, Terry and I go back many, many years, and we share a love for a lot of the same music. He was friends with uh, a lot of the bands uh, that that I loved, and and it was kind of interesting talking to him through the years. And uh, so he uh, went through by playing in St. Christopher, who used to be on Sarah Records. Mm -hmm. He was played in uh, a band called The Saturday People, who are on Slumberland Records, uh, uh, released a a really good album album there they did a split single with uh, the clientele on that label uh, he also uh, played in a band called Julie Ocean named after the undertone song and released one really good album on that on uh, under that name and then they formed Dot Dash and and uh, he sent me all these songs and I really loved the them and he, he <laughs> said do you want to release them and we said well hang on a second we're not a real record label we're just having fun but he insisted that he wanted to be on our label he we share the same kind of musical taste and kind of attitude of doing this for the fun of it and and really enjoying it no no pressure and so uh, we it's worked out really good and uh, there you know a lot of people have uh, been discovered them and really like their music and they play a lot live which is kind of cool and so they've opened for a lot of interesting bands through the years and and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing their new album. And before that, we did play the uh, Steinbeck's track, Strangely Beautiful, taken from the fourth uh, volume of our television personalities, Tribute Holding Hands Under a Cloudless Sky. And now we're working on volume five, which is going to be a tribute of mostly Edward Ball songs, with Edward Ball being one of the co-founders with Dan Tracy of television personalities. There you go. There's a mouthful. Isn't this an education? <laughs> it really, really is. Here's, here's the last track that we're going to hear uh, this week by uh, an artist that yeah. uh, resides on the beautiful music. I'll talk really quickly, but so this is, uh, I remember I mentioned I, we want to do tributes to a bunch of bands. Well, The Sound was another band that I really loved. Adrian Borland, a phenomenal musician in his band, always a really amazing group of musicians. And they came out around the time as Echo and the Bunnymen, Teardrop Explodes. And interestingly, I discovered them through Rock Parisian's show uh, when he did a back-to-back with The Sound and Teardrop Explodes when they had their first albums out. And he'd play two songs by The Sound and a, two songs by them, and, and they were all great. So it got me into them and then uh, went on to discover a lot of their music through the years. They sadly uh, never went to as far as they should have, in my opinion. And uh, Adrian Borland sadly committed suicide probably 15, between 15 and yeah, 20 years yeah. ago. It was very sad. Um, but uh, we wanted to do a tribute. And then what happened is they were doing a documentary in Belgium uh, about Adrian Borland's life and uh, so w- we kind of got in touch with the guy who was making the documentary and said would you like us to do a 
put together a promo of a bunch of covers that we've been collecting over the years because uh, we wanted to do a tribute and we'll just give them to you for free and they said <laughs> well of course we'll do that because it doesn't cost them anything so we gave them 200 copies that they can give to crowdfunders for the documentary and the documentary has since been concluded but it hasn't been on dvd yet but it has been shown uh in s select houses across europe and the uk and hopefully it'll come out on dvd it's called walking in the opposite direction and uh, so this was a promo a CD that we put together, and it features band, a lot of bands, including uh, like uh, Robert Scott from, from The Bats, Roy Moeller, who were on our label, and um, the song we're going to play is A Thousand Mexicans. And the interesting connection with them, tying them to television personalities, is A Thousand Mexicans actually uh, released a seven-inch single on Dan Tracy's uh, Wham! record label way, way, way back. And so I was actually asking them to do a television personalities cover, and I said, we're doing some other tributes. And he said, well, I'd, I like the sound. We'll do a, a couple of sound covers, too. So he's, he's possibly going to be on one of our future television personalities tributes as well. Brilliant. So uh, here we are, a thousand Mexicans doing a song off of Adrian Borland's from a solo album called Night Cascade. Always there. 
That fantastic! That is the the new teaser by the uh, the immense Alpaca Sports. Yeah, now that sounds amazing. Eh? Yeah, I mean they don't muck about, do they? That's the second sample revealed off the forthcoming from Paris with Love record. And uh, I got uh, an email from Andreas this week with the the A and the B side. And uh, I might even get to the B side next week. But that is nobody cares but me. AlpacaSports.bandcamp.com Go to the show notes here. The, the show uh, notes will articulate, as they always do, all the URLs that I disclose. You need to either go to YouTube and look for Nobody Cares But Me, the video by Alpaca Sports, or just click the URL that I provide, and you'll be more than pleasantly surprised. A fantastic video to accompany a fantastic song. And before that, of course, we had five meticulously articulated, explained tunes from the roster of the beautiful music as provided by the wonderful Wally. And he is still here with me because he is yet to uh, to close things up, as it were. And He's I'm enjoying listening to music. This is great <laughs> stuff. I love it. Thanks so much, Dara. I really appreciate Absolute you pleasure. inviting me in. And uh, it's, it's always a joy to share music that, that we love. And, uh, you know, there's a lot more coming. We're working on a new uh, uh, tribute to the sound. It'll be sort of like part B. We have a new Dot Dash album coming out, a new Armstrong album. Uh, we're working on a Times tribute and another television personality tribute and probably a few more in the works, too. So we will hopefully have some more new music for people to enjoy. <laughs> this is from a bloke who has a full-time job and is a family man. <laughs> There it's, it's fantastic. We sneak in a few minutes here and there. Yeah, yeah, and, and God bless you for doing it. And, and again, remember, remember, remember thebeautifulmusic.com and do follow Wally for all the goodness that he uh, that he shares and provides at uh, Wally TBM on, on Twitter. And then you're not going to miss a trick. You're going to be fully yeah, in the loop. And, and, and if you ever buy anything from our store, we always throw in lots of freebies because we love giving away music. And he's not, he's not joking. He's the most benevolent. I, I, I've, he's showed up here and I'm walking away with more CDs than I arrived with. So put it that way. That, that's just how he is. So my, my, my thanks to you, sir. Fantastic. And uh, I'm going to be uh, giving you a break from my voice, too. It's, it's time for this I'll week's. I'll probably listen to the show later. And uh, my endorsement, this is a fantastic show if you want to discover new music. So listen to Near Perfect Bitch. Tell all your friends about it because they, they'll thank you later. Wonderful. Cheers. Here's a fiver.
down here a million days I know you get me through You don't need to stay Because I'm
a single The Supernaturals that's a single called Everest their third what am I talking about their ninth single from 1999 that appears on their second LP A Tune A Day what a song that is and that's uh, from uh, CD Part 1 now what happened before that we heard from Cork from 1992's debut LP by the Frankenwalters, Trains, Boats and Planes. We heard Fashion Crisis hits New York and that's on Satanta Records and kicked off the hat-trick this week with London's Three Colours Red with their eighth single uh, that appeared on Creation Records. And uh, Beautiful Day is the name of that single and it is a beauty. Imagine if Oasis had written that tune. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous song. You've listened to it. Rewind it, listen to it again, and just appreciate how wonderful that is. In as much as the other two songs in the hat-trick are sleepers as well. It wasn't really a thematic hat-trick. It was just three songs that I think should have sold more. But having said that, that's kind of applicable to just about everything I play on this programme. We've got a lot of things to uh, attend to before we end the programme with a great chat with uh, Owen from Burning Wheel. Uh, At the end, we've got to get to our Essential Wax, which is just around the corner, and uh, hopefully get to two or three more new releases as well. 
but we'll definitely get to this. Here's something new by Lindsay Jordan, a.k.a. Snailmail, off the brand new debut full-length, her first, first, first full-length record called Lush. And uh, here's a song called Heatwave.
That's the magic of Mull Historical Society, essentially the genius of Colin McIntyre. That is, this is not who we were. Off our essential wax this week, Mull Historical Society's loss, their debut LP from 2001. Before I get more into detail regarding Mull Historical Society and this record per se, let you know that uh, before we heard that song, to remind you, we heard something off the brand new Snail Mail uh, debut, full length, entitled Lush, and we heard a tune called Heatwave. And go to snailmail.band to get uh, your fill of uh, her material. Very talented young lady, my goodness me. Now, Mud Historical Society, we talked about Loss, released in 2001, the debut of seven LPs, essentially the genius of Colin McIntyre. This LP was released on Blanco e Negro Records and self produced by Colin. It spawned uh, four singles in order, Barcode Bypass, I Tried, Animal Cannabis and watching Xanadu. Animal Cannabis is up next. <laughs>
their debut LP entitled Fuss. That's Italians, The Glan, with an LP track entitled ABC. Learn more at facebook.com slash pg slash The Glan, a band, and Glan is G-L-A-N. And again, Glan, ABC. Before that, second of two tracks by the Mole Historical Society. Our uh, album of the week, or Essential Wax this week, is Lost from 2001. And we heard one of four singles uh, pulled off the record in Animal Cannabis, and we led things with This Is Not Who We Were, uh, an album track off this record. Now, Loss is uh, an unlisted track at the end of the album. Uh, Paper Houses ends at 5.18, and Loss begins after a 30-second gap, in case you care. Another tidbit is the CD version of the album uh, has an enhanced CD-ROM aspect uh, to it, which includes footage of Colin McIntyre and uh, some live acoustic versions of... uh, barcode bypass and i tried again our essential wax this week go out and get it if you don't already own it mole historical society loss from 2001 one more song to get to before we get into the nitty-gritty of some burning wheel from liverpool ellie ockleston has two singles uh, at her disposal thus far this is her second uh, as i say she's from liverpool but uh, she's now in london but she did spend five years in madrid here's splinters Try my best 
upon the stones that people throw. I wanted North Brown Bedford Walk, the streets where I first learned to talk. Found out why I could never talk enough to you. Isn't that marvellous? That is Burning Wheel with Remembrance Song of Remembrance Songs, the LP released at the end of last year. It is the first solo works of Owen Quirey, and it is a quite wonderful piece of work. Before I get more into Burning Wheel, just wanted to let you know a little bit more about Ellie Ockleston, who we heard before mentioned she was from Liverpool, now in London via Madrid. Uh, go to facebook.com slash Ellie Ockleston Music and you can uh, keep track of her and that's E-L-L-I-E-O-C-C-L-E-S-T-O-N Music and uh, similarly uh, with the Liverpool connection we have Owen who um, is from Liverpool via via Ireland uh, but now lives in London and uh, the record is entitled Remembrance Songs as I have alluded to. Make sure that you visit burningwheelmusic.com to get your copy because I'm going to be playing two more songs which I'm sure will impel you to part with your hard-earned cash to actually support uh, Owen and buy this record. Next up, before we get into the interview, here's a song uh, also off uh, the album Remembrance Songs called Get There and incidentally all three songs were chosen by uh, Owen himself. Not me being lazy, just think it's uh, on occasion it's, uh, it's a pretty cool thing to do, to allow the artists themselves to curate their own music like any road. Get there. Get there. 
to be a star, they said in the old days. And late at night you'd hear him sing songs half forgotten about how beautiful it was and how bad it had gotten. second of three songs that you're going to hear by Burning Wheel. That was uh, another song as chosen by uh, Owen himself. That's Get There. All three songs off Remembrance Songs, his debut um, full-length solo, which was released just at the end of last year. Um, before uh, I get into, uh, well, talking uh, to, to Owen, i.e. pseudo-me, talking to him in the interview, just wanted to let you know, uh, in the last few minutes I've texted uh, Wally because I forgot to ask him about his favourite biscuit 
criminal it was. Anyway, I have ascertained that uh, he has a, uh, a penchant, a penchant, uh, a liking for uh, Walker's shortbread. So uh, now we can tell you that uh, this, this show, this episode 85 of Near Perfect Pitch is brought to you by Wally Salem, the beautiful music, uh, and Walker's shortbread, as well as uh, Owen Quarry, Burning Wheel, and the Milk Chocolate Hobnob. Now, speaking of Owen, it's now time to chat with him. You're going to learn a heck of a lot about uh, his colourful past and uh, all the antics that pertain to Burning Wheel. I'll be back after the interview with one more song to wrap things up for this week. Hello. Oh, yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, here you go, yeah. Excellent. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, okay. sorry, Mr. Australia. Um, I didn't didn't show up on my phone or whatever Skype, but uh, good to hear from you. Yeah, not a problem at all. I thought I'd take the opportunity to go and mow mow the front and back grass, so I got that done in between. So it's all about time management. So how are you? Yeah. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, I'm actually um, down on the coast of Devon with some mates, having doing a bit of surfing for the weekend. That sounds um, idyllic. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, <laughs> you're, it's good. Well, you're living. It's not, it hasn't rained, but um, it's not like super sunny. But it wasn't a really nice time. Yeah. So. Well, put it this way: you're in Devon. It doesn't matter whether it's rain or shine. It's Devon. It's lovely. Yeah. So, so look, in my in my immense ignorance, I have to ask you how you pronounce your name so I don't come across stupider than I already am. Sorry, I hit a button there. It's Owen. You don't pronounce the E, so it's Owen. Owen. Okay, fantastic. Because I, I I've heard it pronounced three different ways. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to make sure that uh, I wasn't patronising because I've got one of those names too that is always mispronounced. And there's nothing more maddening than someone not taking the time yeah. to, to oh, just. I've had it on my life. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I get, I get Daryl, Dara. I mean, in North America, they can't pronounce Dara for love nor money. It's just, just one of those things. And um, so I'm delighted to be talking to you. And, and so, so you're in Devon right now, but you are actually you do reside in Liverpool, do you not? No, I'm not. No, I'm based in London. I'm oh, in London. Born, okay. I was born, and, born and raised in Liverpool, but um, I live in London now. So, okay, so it's based in London, but we, we play up in Liverpool quite a bit. Gotcha, and uh, so it's not as big a, not, not a bigger departure to get to Devon from London than it is from Liverpool. Um, yeah. So, so, so what, what happened, what, what forced the move to London? Was it just, just uh, an, an exposure thing, just to be more in the thick of it, or, or what was the reason? Well, it was, it, it, it was kind of that, yeah. It seemed like the, the logical move. And, um, previously, I'd, I'd been working with um, other musicians that were sort of London-based, and um, so, so a few of us moved down down from Liverpool together. And, yeah, um, yeah, we, we sort of stuck there. Yeah, but really enjoy London. Yeah, from miss home and that. But um, it's got a great city. with being like music scene. It's got better and better since I've been there. So it's a really good city for music. Well, yeah, you're only two and a half hours away from home. Stop on a train in Euston and you're home. So it's not a big deal, is it really? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Like my mum and dad are still up in Liverpool, so I get up quite a bit. And as I say, I've been up doing. Which is how when we've had out, we've been up, we did a launch like a Liverpool launch and a London launch and at the same week. So that that was and it both went really well. Yeah, yeah. I read about both those launches. That must have been a real buzz for you. Um, how how would you how would you qualify the uh, the acceptance of of, of of both release parties? Because um, needless to say, there's hometown and then there's the big smoke. Were, were they both uh, similarly receptive? Yeah, definitely. I think going up to Liverpool was a lot more exciting for me personally, having grown up there yeah. and um, coming back and being like a, a little bit so disconnected from the Liverpool music scene since being in London. So going up there and seeing lots of old mates and um, meeting like local Liverpool musicians and characters and all that was really that, that was fantastic. I really wanted people in Liverpool to hear it and like it, so that was great. Yeah, well, that's, it's a great acid test as well. The Liverpool scene, as you well know, is... is, is 
contrary to popular media belief, has never gone away. It's always been there, and uh, it's as strong as ever. And hundred uh, percent, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've interviewed a litany of, uh, of Scouse bands over the past few months, and they are just stellar. And there's just no shortage of them either. And they're so diverse as well. It's a, it's just. Uh, Britain's Northwest has something intangible, as does Glasgow, when it comes to musical output per, popul per populace. It's just incredible, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. It's just that people people really know the music, and they, they really, people people live people love going out to see live music, and um, people yeah, loads of people in bands, and um, yeah, it's, well, it's an open-minded, open-minded mentality, isn't it? I mean, if, if you, you know, if you're from the Northwest. You don't know. It's just like one degree or two degrees of separation between people in bands. It's just this interconnected network that is so palpable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, no you're right. Yeah, I think it's like open-mindedness, but it's also like a, a question on like bullshit detector as well in the Liverpool music scene of like more audiences as well. Absolutely. As like so <laughs> I stops bands getting pretentious, and at the same time, if someone's really good and they're doing something, it's going to be different. People will be open to it. Yeah, I think it's chromosomal, that bullshit detector. It's something that isn't available to, available to everybody. Um, can, can, just before I get into, uh, obviously, uh, the, the Burning Wheel release, I just wanted to try and try and make tangible, because I don't know. I'd be lying if I said I knew. Um, other projects. If I rattle through Good Morning Ghost, the, the Holloway Jug Band, Dub Warriors, Bonnie A. Clyde, Double Bass Dan, and The Knights of Mentis, could you... Kind of quantify that for us. Okay, well, the, this um, the main one that I'd be involved with is like the Holloway Jug Band. It's like a collection of people. We sort of play jug band music, which is nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties, um, early blues country music. And we yeah. do festivals and stuff with them. Um, Good morning, Ghost is like a, a side project of our or a project of our. Fantastic guitarist Sergio is a Spanish guy who does Dub Warriors is an experimental um, dub reggae Irish traditional project which I did a few recordings with. You make you make that sound like it's a verbatim genre. You've just invented something. There. That's brilliant. I think we did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's not many other bands on that scene. Not really. <laughs> no, so it's just showing that this this like uh, the band that most people in the band got. Um, other stuff that they do as well, and they're sort of playing and we're sort of coming together of lots of talents, I suppose. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I think it's just wonderful. I mean, it's sort of a, a side note on, on the bio that it's like, oh, yeah, we also do this lot as well. <laughs> There's a list of seven or eight projects that we do as a just do when we're bored. Um, I was going to ask you again before I get into the nitty gritty. Um, I, I you sent me something which I was absolutely just, just taken with, and it was the uh. It was it was the KLF encounter, and, and, and again, I don't want to take away from you because this interview is very much about you. But I'm just wondering if you could just just quickly praise that experience, that recent experience that you had. Yeah, it was pretty very like strange um, experience and, and um, kind of exciting as well because I'm probably one of those people that would be kind of skeptical about uh, um, skeptical about magic and synchronicity and all that kind of thing, but. Being in bands in Liverpool is aware of the, the KLF mythology, so we had a very bizarre um, encounter. I mean, I get, as I said, I, I put the story up online because um, Bill John would ask me to put it up there because he was pretty blown away by it as well. Fantastic. But basically, I, I can talk through it. Um, and, but, so basically, we we went up to do the, the launch of the album up in Liverpool, and 
we did a radio session at the top of the tower yes. in Radio City in Liverpool. And afterwards, we we, do, we were just finishing off the video we were doing for the launch of the album, like for the single Remembrance Sounds. And thought, we need something of us in Liverpool. So me and Liam, our fiddle player, um, we both, we thought, oh, we're not far from um, Matthew Street. And I knew, like, the story of the manhole cover there. Which yeah. Which is of the story that connected with Carl Young and the collective unconscious and it's basically like when you were talking before about um, why Liverpool has this amazing music scene um, Bill Drummond when he was in the KLF gave like an off the cuff instead of giving the usual answer about oh it's it's all about the, the Cunard line and the sailors bringing back the records from America and yes. the melting pot of culture which is probably the right answer he just made up this thing about how this, uh, this uh, an energy line that comes in through Iceland comes down Matthew Street, down the manhole cover, and then out from Papua New Guinea, and so they're the three fixed points on the planet of collective inspiration, and it, and it jumps around the rest of the planet, but they're the three fixed points. So this, this manhole cover took around this whole mythology, because um, Carl Jung had a dream that he was in Liverpool, and you know, it was the centre of the pool of life, the collective unconscious, and all the heads in Liverpool all decided that was the manhole cover. So anyway, we went down and, and did a bit of busking on their video of it, and put in the video, and um, yeah, no, nothing much happened. And then like a week later, like my sort of day job, if you like, is in London, um, working in like social housing. It was then, I've changed jobs since then, this like six months ago, no, maybe six months ago. And then I get an email at work, the day I get back to work from the customer service saying, can you deal with this customer? Oh, and, and it was Bill Drummond emailing me. <laughs> completely unconnected he'd been working on a book um, about a particular building that's part of my job I was supposed to look after and he wants to do a book reading on top of it and it got handed over to me and then by two days later I'm standing on top of this building with the KLF I took him after book reading <laughs> and, when, oh. and when he phoned me up he said oh you probably don't know who I, who I am and my name's Bill Drummond um, and I went to this project and I was like, Bill, I was standing on the manhole cover seven days ago. And Fantastic. the last went silent. He was like, what do you mean? Well, I don't know who you are and the manhole cover. And he said, well, and this is it. eventually we had a few chats and he did a big event in Dalston um, the week after our album launch. And so I ended up getting involved with that and went to the Athapai with him. So it became correspondence, if you like. And he yeah. listened to the album, really liked it. And just the really just fantastic things are being connected into part of that mythology and synchronicity. That's brilliant. Well, has, has it changed your uh, sort of stance on the ethereal? And has uh, is it, is it made you a little bit more of a I've believer? I've been kind of, kind of open to that. But even talking to Billy, he said, oh, I don't want to talk about too much what he talks about, but he's, he's, he sort of said he doesn't believe in AI stuff. That's why he sort of things keep happening to him. spending twenty four hours with, with the guy. There's like about twenty of those all explainable coincidences happen, just spending time with him. Well Bill, Bill So that's things that happens because it's about being open to things, isn't it? It is well he seems to be this sort of inexplicable conduit for the for the bizarre, doesn't he, uh, Bill? <laughs> yeah. He's he's yeah. I mean I mean you just just listen to the man and and it just basically gives you a fairly good pricey of the, of, the, of the geezer. I, I was lucky enough to meet him just once backstage at a Bunnymen gig back in the late eighties and just just I was just blown away essentially. He's just, he's just got this persona and um, being you know uh, an early twenty something, I was kind of like ah oh, 
you know, couldn't, couldn't coherently put anything tangible together to ask him. But um, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful story. I mean, that, that is a, a complete aside, obviously, from, from, from this wonderful debut release, which is, uh, which is it's a collection of, of songs that, that I've, I've really been blown away with, to be, honestly, uh, to be honest. And, and Remembrance Songs, produced by, by, by Jerry Diver, is, is, is a release that you must be, you must be pretty flipping proud of. Yeah, very proud of it. I mean, I've played um, music for years, and it's the first time I've, I've done an album, and it's, uh, and it's, it's all of my songs, so it's kind of, I suppose it's remembered songs, because it's kind of, if the songs are connected, they're kind of songs that um, have a sort of history behind them and tell a story of sort of, I suppose, my lives and the lives I've connected with and the history that I've connected with. If So that's kind of, it's very loose being, but there's a feeling that's about it. So I'm a delight that we had a, couldn't have had a better group of musicians working on it. Um, Jerry's like a, he's an unbelievable character as well. And yeah. He's, he grew up in Manchester. Um, he's a fantastic musician and producer. And so I'm very happy about it coming out. I'm really, I'm really, I'm blown away that you managed to align yourself with Jerry. That's great. How did that actually happen? Because he's, he's, he's fairly in demand, isn't he? Yeah, I suppose I've known him for um, quite a while from, so me and my brother, we were brought up in Liverpool on traditional Irish music. Yeah. That's what got dad, like dad played a banjo. So we brought up always playing that. And then we kind of got into rock and roll and then came back to the Irish stuff when we were, we were a little bit older. And so I sort of, got in touch with Jerry through the Irish music scene because he was, the, he was a he's a fantastic traditional Irish fiddle player yeah. and then he sort of moved more into like production and studio stuff as well as being, using his, his instrumental talents so I sort of knew from that traditional Irish music scene so I was working on it's actually the first song on the album The Land of the Free I, I've been singing that in, on the sort of Irish music scene and someone said oh you should go and meet this guy Jerry and, and record it with him because he into it and it just starts from there really so we, we, I think we were lucky when we met him it was just um, he was probably a bit less in demand than he would be now and we've, we've <laughs> had that relationship for, for quite a while Brilliant no, it's, it's, it's a wonderfully produced record it, def it definitely has a sound um, uh, and I was just wondering is it fair to say that, that by virtue of what you just sort of touched upon that, that a lot of this material has been kicking about for quite some time Next year, some of it like like that one that that would be the first song. So some of it has been, as I say, I've never done an album before, so I have drawn on sort of songs that I've written when I was when I was younger, sort of matched them with ones that wrote in the studio and that were up today. So yeah, so it's a bit of a. Uh, well, for, for for everyone else, it's a new album for me. It's kind of like a, a personal greatest hits I've been able to choose. Yeah, it's a compilation, isn't it? It's just, a, yeah, yeah, the best songs to get on there, but. I do recording them all together and by adding Jerry's touch on it and hopefully it, it, it brings them together as an album and makes it sound like an album. Well, that, that, that's, that's a wonderful body of work and, and to extrapolate upon that, um, you've, got the, uh, you've got the output of a, of a single a month for the duration of this calendar year, which, which, yes. which is a pretty cool project in itself and the, the last one I, I seemed to jump on was crikey 20 odd plus years ago when the wedding present were doing one a month and they're releasing seven-inch singles, and and I, I love I love that idea. Was it something that you've been wanting to do for a while? Yeah, so we were, we were wondering what to do next after the album, and we had like a few um, cuts that didn't quite make the album, just because we basically went for which ones were sounded together. So we had a few of those, and we also had quite a few new songs that we were working on and really wanted to get out, and didn't want to wait, you know, another year or or, or eighteen months to do the album. So we thought, let's. Let's do the yeah, single a month, so we can we can get out the ones that we've already got 
um, in the can, if you like, and then we're working on them um, once the later in the year. We'll, we'll be like new stuff and, and new songs that we're just recording at the moment, actually, we're just finishing off next week. So it's just a good way to keep like, the momentum going, keep getting new music out, yeah, um, and make sure that the music gets heard rather than leaving a big gap between the albums. It's a good thing to do. Everyone like talks about the way you listen, the music's changing. It's a lot of people listen more to individual tracks. Seems like a, a fun thing to do. No, I think it's a wonderful thing to do, and, and by virtue of it not being done very often, it's got, a, got an element of uniqueness to it. And it's wonderful that you can then share these tracks that, that, that could conceivably have just sat there on a hard drive and never been released. Exactly. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's, it, it, it means we, yeah, we don't have to. When we do do the next album, because it was quite a studio album with the Jerry's, a lot of that meticulous building of tracks and layering of things. That's how Jerry works. So the next um, album we want to do, we want to be different to that and be like kind of like a live as possible album. Yeah, and a bit more bringing out the because. The, the live band's kind of developed into something of its own. We want to recapture that on the next album, so we want to get these other studio recordings out there and then, then do something new. Brilliant. So, again, the key word there is momentum. So, there's, you're going to be keeping the likes of me satiated with new material all the way through to 2019. I, I love I love in the bio this, this, this wonderful reference, this sort of definition of what you do as being Mersey Melodica. I think that's a wonderful term. <laughs> is that something you coined, or is that something that was coined for you? I think that's probably me. I can't remember when I wrote that. It's probably what I was thinking, but it's probably me. Um, but I do. I, I, there is something about um, you can cut, like you were saying. You can listen to a little band. So if there is something that, that links them together, it's that um, it's, it's that sense of melody. And for me, the, the sort of perspective that work on that it from is that the connection with um, folk music and, and and folk melody and and. And, and also the kind of psychedelia as well. Yeah. This, this, that's, this, that's definite. I think if there is a connection between us and like the other Liverpool bands and Liverpool scene, it's that kind of aspect of it. I suppose the more, well, obviously Beatles, the obvious reference point, but there's the sort of the folkier sort of Beatles songs like Hide You Love Away, and we can really hear the, the kind of the, the Irishness and the, the seafaring aspect of it, and even like with Shaq, HMS Fable. Absolutely. Well. The acoustic tracks on that. Um, something I really connect with. Yeah, and it makes intrinsic sense to me, and everything you're saying resonates implicitly. Another little quote here, which which I found, I had to grin a little bit when I read it, from New Roots Promotion, saying, you know, comfortably, you comfortably mix Primal Scream with the Pogues, which which I've never, ever heard as, as a comparison, which, 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 which yeah, obviously it provokes a smile, but, but then the more you think about it, it, it's hard to pick holes in that. It's quite a good analogy, actually. I think that definitely applies to like our live shows as well. This is the the focus stuff becomes a bit more raucous, and the electric stuff becomes a bit more kind of psychedelic and and, and pounding. And when we do our live shows, as and probably the, that's probably the direction of, of um, the next album that we do will will we'll sort of reflect that. I think that the, the sort of live sound like, like people dance. If you listen to the record. You don't, there's not a sense of like the gigs people dance and it's kind of it's, it's, it's a big rock and roll show and lots of um, yeah, jumping around and um, hitting drums and all, all, all that kind of thing in the live show so I think yeah the, 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 the semi the primal scream and the, the pose elements come out there yeah so the, and a, a sort of a tinge of anarchy amidst all this hybridism it's pretty cool um, now, now let me ask you another couple of questions here because we talk, we're talking about the LP um, and we've talked about your other projects. Uh, 
Now, in terms of influences, you are, are you, granted, you've got a day job like most of us have, yeah. uh, and um, you're a music fan and, you, and, you, and you're a performer and an artist and a writer in your own, in your own right. Are, are you particularly enamoured with, with, with any current uh, music at the moment? Is there anything that you could uh, uh, name drop for us that, that you're particularly taken by? I'm not, um, put me on the spot there. <laughs> well, this one will make me look cool, but the, the first song on the new Kanye West album, I haven't stopped listening to it for about 10 days. Crikey, uh, I, I, would never, I would never have guessed that. <laughs> I've never listened to his music at all before. I wear that he's a complete dickhead. That's all I knew about him. <laughs> yes. just, he's an unbelievable producer. I mean, I just think he's, I've listened to bits of it. So I don't think he's the greatest rapper in the world, but... Yeah, the production on that is something that I find fascinating. But I suppose in general, I, 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 I've got more and more into um, folk music, which kind of doesn't go away, stays the same, keeps that um, connection with history. So most of the music that I play regularly and listen to regularly is, is, is I suppose, folk music. So, yeah. Folk is such a diverse spectrum, though, isn't it? I mean, there's Raggle Taggle Gypsy all the way through to Tolkien yeah. and then everything in between. And it's... Uh, it's one of those things to say, you know, I like jazz music, I like country music, I like uh, I like folk music. Well, that's almost like being too generic right off the bat, in my opinion, because it, it's, it's so diverse. When you're talking jazz, you could be talking Glenn Miller, you could be talking Ella Fitzgerald, or you could be talking some uh, some contemporary Martin Modeski Wood-type rambling, which borders, uh, yeah. borders sort of like classical experimentation and the same thing applies to, to folk as well I would have, I would imagine do, do you consider it to be as broad a spectrum as I'm alluding to completely I mean for me my definition of folk music would be any music that is connected to the past but like speaks to the present and that's almost it's as loose as that so it's a story that you can, you can trace that connection back but it's saying something to the present and if, it, if it's just someone recreating music from hundreds of years ago that's, and doesn't connect with the present, that's not folk music to me. And equally, yeah, if it's something that I love lots of, like avant-garde music and that sort of thing, that's trying to do something new in the present, doesn't necessarily have that connection with like the past and the rest so that's not folk music. So to me, it's, it ticks those two boxes, it's folk music, so musically that can be almost anything. No, it's true, and, I, and, I, and I'm just thinking about what you just said there, and that makes, that makes an awful lot of sense, and it's making the past tangible in a, in a currently interpretable capacity that, that doesn't lose its, its roots, and, and, and that in itself is, uh, that's making my little head hurt, just thinking about it. Um, if, I, if I was to ask you, because the record is, you could conceivably play it, play it from beginning to end and, and, and just you know, re repeat and repeat and repeat, it's, it's a wonderful, you know, complete body of work. But uh, I'm going to be lazy. I'm going to ask you if, if you wouldn't mind choosing the three songs off the LP that you'd like me to play around the interview. Oh, um, well, probably the title track Remembrance songs that kind of ties things together. But it's not necessarily typical of the rest of the album. Um, the Remembrance songs. I really like to say. It's difficult. Which is um, difficult, yeah. Get, get, get There, which is the, the I'm trying to it's the second song on the album. Yeah. Um, that's that's a good, good one to play. That's actually, I'll quickly tell you this, it's an interesting story of a guy we met in a local pub where we play, we play every couple of weeks in a pub called the Hemingford Arms in London, and there's a guy I met there called Frankie, and I've known him for two years. He's a lovely singer, like a soul singer, black guy, and he, 
he said, he said, we had a conversation, oh, um, Marvin used to tell me, so what do you mean? He said, oh, oh Marvin, I, I used to sing like, with Marvin Gaye, like one of his backing singers. Of course so he did. Didn't, obviously <laughs> didn't believe him, thought it'd be like Joey the Lips Fagan and then the commitments and yeah. he didn't see. <laughs> but it turns out he, all true as far as I can make out, he was, he was 17 years old, he's from Oregon, but they auditioned and Marvin Gaye's last tour, second last tour, they were the backing singers. This is this Frankie and Faro? Are we talking about this Frankie Faro? Frankie Faro, yeah. <laughs> so he told me the, 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 <laughs> this story about, so what, what did he say? Oh, well, we, we went to his caravan, we had to wait for an hour, and we asked him, so, Mr. Gay, how can we how can we achieve what you've achieved in music? How can we get to where you are? And he said, boys, I can't tell you how to get there, but I can tell you that it's there. And Frankie said, I thought you thought it was the most useless advice he'd ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's that's where the song Get There on the album, so the chorus is taken from that advice. And the best is kind of about meeting Frankie and playing and dancing in London. So I'm very fond of that one, of that lyric. It's um, that in itself is just an absolutely wonderful story. It really, really, really is. I mean, what are the odds of bumping into you know someone who's worked with Marvin Gaye and then chucking him on track two of your W record? That's brilliant. What's what's the third yeah. track that you'd uh, you share with us then? Um, and let's go for um, Waiting to Cry. Okay. Which is on this, it's a short track on the. Um, second side, and um, that song is there's a couple of songs on there about Belfast, which is where most of my family are. My dad's from, yeah. And that song is kind of about all the the sort of people's mental health in Belfast and the peace process and all the secrets that you get in Ireland and the things people have had to go through. So, um, it's a little kind of dream about that. That's wonderful. That's that's, that's a wonderful like, triple shot of representing the record, and um. I was wondering also. This is the this is the this is the, the last question I've got for you, and it's completely unrelated to your talent, <laughs> but it's something I've I've always asked and always will ask everybody. Um, it's it's a hypothetical situation whereby you're around my place after having played a, a rather successful gig in Ottawa here, and uh, you've got a lovely hot beverage of choice in your hand, and I come out with the biscuit tin, but it's a magic biscuit tin, Owen, and you can choose any biscuit, past, present, or future. What would you plump for? Biscuits. Um, I think I just go for the classic milk chocolate hot lumps. Blimey! I, I tell you what, this is out of the last five or six artists. I think I think all but one have plumped for the milk chocolate hobby. It's it's it's, really? it's, a, it's a, interesting. It's a fantastic default go-to biscuit <laughs> type thing, isn't it? Really. And I've got I this. I think it's the biscuit when someone puts you on the spot. That's the well, well, yeah, it's one of those ones that's safe, isn't it? I call it like the Volkswagen of biscuits. It's like you're not going to offend anybody. It's kind of, mm -hmm. it's kind of in the middle ground. But I've got this intricate uh, infographic of of, of putting uh, artists adjacent to their biscuit of choice. So I'll send you an update with your uh, entry next to the milk chocolate hobby. I've seen that. I saw that on the website. Fantastic. Oh, superb. Well, I'm um, I'm just so happy to have spoken with you, and I'm just so happy that you've managed to, after all these years, put out your your your, your definitive debut solo record and and I'm, I'm i'm hoping to goodness that uh, the listenership here love your music as much as i do and um i'm just very happy to have been able to chat with you so thank you very much for your time thank you very much Derek. i'll talk to you soon be a pleasure and enjoy try and get some surfing in if you can i will cheers mate take it easy Ta in a nutshell thank you very much owen that uh, has enlightened us all one more track by burning wheel to put the tin lid on this episode, as my grandmother said. 
um, another song off Remembrance Songs, another one as chosen by Owen himself, Waiting to Cry. He looked down and said thanks on the banks of the lagoon with me. He said my memory cannot store such secrets anymore. We'll have a talk and you will see. Why we've been waiting here for hours now. Waiting to Cry. That's uh, three songs by the wonderful Burning Wheel. Thank you, sir. Mr. Owen Quarry, you have been a gentleman and a scholar, and I hope you lot enjoyed that as much as I did. And uh, immense thanks go to, uh, to Ollie Salem from The Beautiful Music for popping by and uh, choosing five songs to share with you to give you a, a very, very good uh, cross-section of the development genesis and uh, the ethos behind the label itself and you've got lots to look forward to from uh, the entirely prolific label itself there's there's more coming out and Wally detailed that for you thanks for listening each and every one of you I'll be back next week with episode 86 uh, hopefully with an interview with Art Magic which uh, is Sean McGee and Richard Oakes from Suede something nice to look forward to and um, as a reminder please please recommend the programme to somebody who enjoys music as much as you do thanks so much for listening back next week ta-ra <laughs>